Welcome back. I'm your host, Julia Menezes, and you are listening to The Art of Change, an educational podcast devoted to understanding how change happens at individual, systems, and organizational levels. This podcast has been developed by the Office of Community Engagement at McMaster University. If you are a student listening to this podcast as part of the Art of Change course, welcome to week 11. Today's episode is intended as a resource for students and other listeners interested in making individual, systems, or organizational change. Over the past few months, each time we've interviewed a guest for this podcast, we've asked, what advice would you give to students interested in making positive change in their community? This episode is a compilation of the replies we received, which we hope serve as a source of inspiration for anyone listening. In addition to advice, we've also compiled a list of recommended songs, books, articles, artwork, and other resources suggested by podcast guests. These resources can be found in the Changemaking Toolkit document linked in the description of this episode. Since all of the guests in this episode have already appeared previously on the podcast, We'll forgo introductions for today and simply begin by asking, what advice would you give to students interested in making positive change in their community? Ryan McGreal, Maureen Wilson, and Carl Andrus start us off. I would start by saying, first of all, accept the idea that it's possible to make a difference. Because quite often we want to see things happen and we think it's pointless or it's useless, or I'm only one person, what can I do? And I mean, the status quo loves people to think that they're powerless. And so what I would say is number one is if you would like to do something, if you think that you'd like to see something change, first of all, um, acknowledge that, yes, I can actually do something about this. Uh, and then everything will flow from that. Um, if, if you're trying to, you know, if, if you like, want to make a difference but don't really know what to do i would say just start talking to people walk around your community look at things notice the things that bother you notice the things that seem inequitable or unfair or confusing and start asking questions ask your counselor ask your trustee ask your professor ask your neighbors you know start talking and listening to people and you're going to learn more things about the issue you're concerned about and that's going to give you ideas about what you can do next. And it's also going to start building, I guess, a, a collection of, of contacts and acquaintances that you have who are also interested in this stuff. And then once uh, you're part of a group, if you all feel similarly about this, now you have a lot more power. Your power is amplified because you can get organized and you can share work and you can start building a larger campaign. So I would say just that's, you know, number one, believe that it's possible. And number two, just start making individual connections with people and see where that leads you. I strongly concur with that message. Sometimes we are on the receiving end of sort of contradictory messages, such as local government is the closest to the people and it's your best opportunity to make change. And then sometimes you can feel that change never happens or sometimes you might feel that there's a hostility to change. But Ryan's two messages I agree with. And the first is understanding all parts of where you live are really important. So the, if you are seeking 
to become informed, further informed on an issue, walking your city is a necessary part of your um, obligation and your education because you get to see the city works differently for different people. And then you can start looking with the intent of seeing and then begin informing yourself, why is that like that? Why is it like this in this community, but not like that in another community and, and what might be the factors? And then have the conversations and understand that uh, sometimes it is a long road traveled, but it's worth the journey because you can build those relationships, build an understanding, which always translates into a win, regardless if it's a policy change at the end, building those relationships and coming to understand how other people experience and see things is necessarily going to make you a more effective change maker on all fronts. I would say my first advice is take a walk around the city that you live in and the area that you're in with a very open mind and just look, just listen. I mean, the, the first thing that you want to do when you want to make change in your community is first identify where that change is needed. And that requires getting to know your community. You're not going to get that driving, really not going to even get that on public transit or we'll take public transit because that will give you another window into the community. But really just walking, cycling, however you're able to, to move across that part of your community and just get to know it, pop by the parks, pop by the local areas, you know, that's the, the first thing for making change is knowing the community that you're in. And then the second thing is, well, you're doing that community, community walking and, and low-scale community engagement, let's call it, and just getting to know your community, something will jump out at you. You will see something that affects you. And that will all depend on where you're coming from, what your interests are, what your passions are in the community, but you will notice something. And whether it's encampments you see in the parks, whether it's a mother struggling to get a stroller onto a bus, whether it's somebody in a walker who's having a difficulty crossing the street or the sidewalk because of a snowfall, whether it's a, you know, you're right out riding your bike and you get cut off by a car. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, of, of things that once you start looking in your community that you will, that you will see, I hope that will inspire you to find it because, um, it's great to want to make change, but the best change is, is something that at least you're passionate about and you're interested about, and that you can, you can really make a difference. It also, people can feel, I think anyway, um, whether or not you're serious about that change. I mean, it's great for me to say, oh, get involved in community benefits now. But if that's not your thing, if that's really something you're just showing up to a meeting and sitting there and taking notes and, and if you're not passionate about it, it's really hard for, for you to be a change maker, A, because you're not passionate about it and B, people can feel that kind of stuff. So get out in your community, get to know your community, talk with folks, however you feel comfortable and however you feel safe, move around your community, whatever way you're able, watch, listen find out what that thing is that really stirs you uh, in that community and then start looking for other folks who are like-minded there there chances are there's probably an organization doing some of the work that that would interest you and that would be the next thing that i would say once you identified areas you want to make change whether it's politics whether it's municipal infrastructure whether it's election i mean there are so many uh, challenges in our society right now because of the way that our capitalist economy is structured, that there's a variety of opportunities for you to make change. And that also means going with your skill set as well. Bring the skills that you have to that particular passion and to that particular, it could be, you know, 
whether it's recording uh, podcasts or webinars, whether it's editing a website, whether it's publishing, whether it's placemaking. I'll give you an example of a small scale project that I was involved in that I was really passionate about. I've lived in, in um, apartments a, a good chunk of my, my life. I've always been a renter and access to green space was something that always frustrated me, you know, never having a place to grow food or plants. So one of the first things I did was got involved in a local neighborhood association to build a community garden and found some like-minded folks who were also passionate about building community gardens and got going and, and helped find the funding and using my skill sets and, and my interests and just built a community garden. I mean, community gardens are popular and trendy, I'm not necessarily saying you should go and do that, but there are lots of things. So find something that you're passionate about, something that's irked you, that's bothered you and find other like-minded folks, which do online is fairly easy to do the, these days. A quick Google search will give you a, a lot of people or, or, you know, get on Twitter and, and follow some people of, of interest and then you'll see that they're retweeting accounts, whether it's the encampment support network or whether it's a local neighborhood association or whether you, you want to look at, at some of the, the work at a food bank, whatever it is, um, if you want to work in, in equity inclusion, um, anti-police, like there are so many groups that are doing, you know, defund the police work. You, you just go out there, find your passion, find your energy and, and jump into it. Our next pieces of advice come from Kojo Damti, Kim Martin, and Linda Lukasik from the Just Recovery Hamilton Coalition. Though Kojo, Kim, and Linda didn't pre-plan their advice with Ryan, Maureen, or Carl, there are noticeable links between the recommendations. Find your community. Be involved in community events. Uh, go to places that you would not usually go to read books that have different perspectives and connect with community organizations where you live, whether it's Hamilton, Toronto, wherever it might be. And know that the personal is politics. Audrey Lord said that, and I, 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 I aspire to that. So I think that's what students should also know is that, you know, uh, 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 without politics, it's not, pol it's not voting and being part of a, a political party. Politics is, is the decisions that you, that you make in the community that you want to be a part of. Gosh, Kojo, you just, you just said it so well. I don't know what else I can add. I always like to encourage um, students to be involved and, and to really keep their eyes open to different perspectives. Um, I, I just think it's important to read a variety of perspectives to, to, have some understanding of also what other people may think that are, have different thoughts than you do and to get involved and to get involved even in a small way. So I think that sometimes it's the small things that really make the greatest difference. If you can volunteer somewhere, I believe in volunteerism, getting, you know, uh, offering your services, learning more and having a call to action. So seeing what you can do in your, in your everyday life that can actually make some difference in someone else's life. I, I agree with everything that's been said already. I think that's fantastic advice from Kojo and Kim about how to get involved. And I would just add, in, and, and I'm someone, I, I could say I've spent too many years of my life in school as a student. And I know from my personal lived experience that you learn interesting stuff sitting in a classroom, but you don't really, it, it's not as powerful as what you learn, I guess, being out there actually engaged in the community. So I, so I can tell you some of the wisest people I've met over my life as an activist 
haven't been the people with all the letters after their name. They're people rooted in community with a whole lot of common sense about what the common good is really all about. In one example, and and you can sit down and read and and learn from the reading, but you have to supplement that with actually going out there and experiencing it for yourself. So I always say to people, gosh, I can remember I didn't get involved in local environmental issues in a big way, at least at the municipal level, until you know after I come, I'd been away at school doing a master's degree, came back into Hamilton, and I got pulled into an effort to try to save Red Hill Valley, and it was Don McLean, who's one of my mentors, life long activists in the community who's done all kinds of amazing work. And I got pulled into a group of people and I learned more from that than I had learned from anything before then, but it sort of set me off, it catapulted, it set the direction of my life. I mean, that's how profound the change was, but it was that engaging in and learning about what was happening in the community, learning why municipal politics was so important. I'd never really thought about that before and why the decisions that happened at City all impact on all of us so deeply and yet more people need to understand that so yeah the just if you care and if you're passionate about this find something to immerse yourself in and that's where you're really going to you'll complete the learning process and and it'll put you in a position to help become part of making meaningful change in the world for sure our next pieces of advice come from narinder nan madora upal Lily Noble, Jason Cassis, and Kolodrado Matina. Get to know other people in the community and test your change in conversation with each other. To explore who your change is going to serve and who your change may impact negatively. And to be committed to a continuous process of reflection as you embark on it. So get to know people in your community, push past your existing social network, get to know people who you would otherwise not choose to hang out with, and get to know people of different walks of life with a diversity of experiences behind them, and do so in a way that is integral. Build those relationships with authenticity. Don't show up trying to make change and then bounce. Commit yourself to the relationships that are necessary to truly build the community. Because at the end of the day, if the change doesn't happen, like if the outcome that you're looking to achieve doesn't happen from as a result of your campaign or the specific project failed, the change is the community that's been fostered as a result of doing that work together. And the state of our society is such that we desperately need to be nurturing those relationships and fostering a sense of well-being and a sense of belonging to each other. We're in a hyper track right now of extreme individualism and isolation, which is resulting in all kinds of complex health issues for people. And my biggest fear is that we're, you know, compounding it on generations. And so what I would say to students right now is don't underestimate your time as a young person right now from the perspective of your ability to make change possible. Your generation is the most important generation of this time that we're in right now. My job is to bridge the gap between the baby boomers and the folks who are in university right now and those people who are desiring to make change in order to facilitate a pathway for your leadership to be at this table and all other tables across our society. So never underestimate that. Take the time it's necessary to build authentic relationships and don't give up because in each loss, 
uh, it's the relationships that will that will be the gain. I think getting involved with your community is the first thing. It's hard to do if your life is um, centered around the university. You have to get out into community, um, and that could be through volunteering. It could be through finding work. It could also be just reaching out to different agencies or groups who you know are doing work that you, you would be interested in understanding more. And for us, uh, it's not unusual for um, young young people to contact YWCA and say, I'm, I'm interested, can I meet with you? Uh, they reach out to our CEO, they reach out to different directors, different staff across the organization. That's okay. I think all of us are eager to help um, as students uh, learn and understand their community. Um, so, and if somebody says, no, I have no time for you, um, there's no harm in reaching out and asking. You're not, there's nothing to lose for you but there's lots to gain when somebody says yes. I think, first of all, find other like-minded people who are just as passionate about, about it as you are. Make sure you're all on the same page, talk, research, and then you know find more people who are also just as keen on something as you are. You'll soon find lots of people who are ready to join your group. Give it a name too. People like a name. <laughs> I would say the single most impactful piece of change that you can make is the piece of change where you get buy-in from all stakeholders. So I would say it's really, really important to get to know both city employees and your counselor and your mayor and everybody because ultimately without their buy-in, you really can have a difficult time. Your lobby effort becomes more difficult. Always remember, again, keep in mind, what is the spirit of the change, right? Nothing's going to go exactly the way you said. I think I mentioned this already before about perfection, right? Spoons especially, right? Very idealistic, right? And that's very good. That's something we all need to be. But uh, also knowing that we're not perfect that organizations are not perfect and things are going to be messy, right? And to be able to work, to be flexible, to be resilient enough to work and very flexible and very innovative to work around that messiness and use the messiness as part of that change. That knowing that change is not maybe all going to happen at once, that you're part of a continuum of changes that might lead it to its own. Uh, be aware. So it's not just saying I'm going to build X amount of units for people to live in, but how do you build a community around it and uh, to stabilize the community, especially in the world of gentrification, in which people are always being pushed up and destabilized. So awareness, right? Climb up a tree and look around and look at the big picture. Go up at the escarpment in Hamilton. Look at the big picture. Just don't look at what exactly what you're looking at, but look and see how it all connects. And you know, you're going to hear a lot of, a lot smarter people than me and saying these different things, but I always say, build your awareness, climb a tree, look at the, the big picture, perfection. Don't go for it. Know that things are not going to be perfect. Right. And be kind to yourself and the other people knowing that it's not going to be perfect. Right. Don't expect yourself to be perfect and say, this is the answer because there isn't and lead by example. If you really want to do something. You show people, don't uh, rely on other people to do the work for you.
Kolodzido's advice to look at the bigger picture and be kind to yourself is echoed by both Don McLean and Michael Doxtater. We need to live with justice in our mind. That has to be front and center. It's not hard to figure out what is fair, what is just, uh, what is wrong, and we need to be part of the solution to that. If we simply allow it to happen around us, it will continue, and we will be enveloped in it as well. You can't live in an unjust situation without yourself being contaminated by it. So it's critical that we live lives that are conscious and focused on ending injustice, correcting the problems that we can see in front of us. And like I say, we may be mistaken about what problems we think they are, but that process of trying to grapple with it and trying to reach a point of justice and fairness is how we learn and how we come to an understanding of what it is that matters and what it is that we may be confused about or we're poking at the wrong end of the stick or whatever. One of the things that I've learned, and maybe it's wrong, but it's what I've learned over the years is that one of the most powerful pieces that is, in, is keeping the problems in place is the view that you can't do anything about them, uh, that you can't fight city hall, you can't actually accomplish change. So the things which have helped me most have been authors who have said, you don't have to take on the entire world at once. You don't have to solve all everything at once, but you do need to make progress and you need to have to do that in a collective fashion, in a way in which people can participate. So we've just gone through a, a, a struggle here in Hamilton over whether or not to expand the urban boundary and consume more farmland. And we've won that battle. We convinced our city council not to expand the boundary. That has inspired a lot of people who participated. And they're going now in their head are saying, you can do something. You can accomplish what you think needs to be accomplished. You don't have to be passive. You don't have to be uh, cynical. You don't have to have given up. There's an opportunity. And that may be something that in a, a particular community, in a particular place, starts with a very small struggle. But it's important that it's a struggle is just, and then it, 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 you can win it, you work on winning it, and then that builds into other struggles and so on. I think as an activist, that's pretty central for me. Lots of what we do sounds like philosophy. I hear people talking and I go, take your finger, poke it in the ground, throw three corn seeds in there, cover it up, water it, and in three months we're eating. There's nothing philosophy about that. So here's my practical advice for students. Look after yourself, self-care, exercise your vagus nerve. Open up from your abdomen to your brain. Breathe with your feet on the floor. Hum, chant, sing, and heal yourself. Let Tell your body to tell your mind how to feel, not the other way around. There's a whole industry based on having you think that you can manifest good just by thinking about it. Well, that's not true. What is true is the strength of your abdomen and your vagus nerve will tell your brain how to feel, and then you'll have, you'll be able to feel your power. That's why I say there's nothing philosophy about that. Actively take care of yourself is, is the way that works. 
As we shift from a focus on individual and systems change to organizational change, Dr. Emil Joseph, Dr. Arig Elsheba, and Maymarie Duaisoa provide some advice. It's difficult work. And so being and feeling connected to a broader community that's committed uh, to, to doing this work, you know, over the long term is helpful in a number of ways because you feel that resonance, you know, that people get it and they care about it and they're passionate about it. They're impacted by it. They can speak to it from lived experience and, you know, collectively challenge each other and share difficult recommendations and make, you know, the courageous proposals that, that need to be made. There's, there's support there and recognizing that there's, there's a need for it. Like, you know, there's often this thing where people talk about us being overburdened uh, black and indigenous and other racialized folks in doing this work on top of the, the jobs we have. And I would argue that there's no way to do this work without being connected to some of the ways that we're fighting for our own survival in, in this institution. And, and that needs to be recognized, but it's also kind of a way that we collectively mobilize and share and understand and support one another in ways that I feel helped me survive here. So staying connected to those communities, to, to building those relationships, to having those spaces and places to say what needs to be said, you gotta, you gotta do that or else you're gonna feel alone and you can burn out and it's difficult work. There's just so much going on in a university. So I, I would say definitely engage with folks who you know already are doing some of this work. Don't be afraid to feel like, you know, if you're out of your element. Most times, if you want to make a change that will require you actually thinking about things in a little bit, in a different way, or being willing to engage across difference. So putting yourself in those um, situations that may be unfamiliar, where you're going to be learning more, challenging yourself, regardless of, of who you are and whatever inequities you may have experienced yourself. Um, rarely do we embody <laughs> every aspect of inequities that exist. So taking the initiative to, to do that, knowing that most other people are in the same position as you, if you feel a little bit of anxiety or unfamiliarity in that space, kind of soak it all up. I've talked about, you know, being open, willing to collaborate, finding even kind of mentors. And this, especially for, for students who are already involved in social justice work, but want to continue to make change. I talked earlier about remaining grounded, taking care of yourself, sometimes having a mentor to, to talk about, you know, what are the challenges you're encountering and where do you feel like, oh, you feel like you're spinning a little bit, finding that, those mentors to, to, to do that work with. I say identify the need and just do it. Try to find partners that you can collaborate with and go for it because I think sometimes we think really big and then if it feels too big, then it begins to feel unattainable. Or if we feel like we're the only ones that can achieve it, we would then get bogged down or frustrated if we think that it's not happening fast enough or it becomes overwhelming. So I think look for goals that are attainable, 
but don't give up. That's where you need to tap into resources or other people. You might just be surprised how willing people can be, uh, who want to actually support your initiatives. It's literally when you think about social change and don't always feel like they, what did they say? I, uh, a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. I think something like that. Like just start because sometimes if you're really committed and you're, you're very transparent and authentic and honest, people will see that, right? And they will want to be part of that journey with you. They will want to be part of that process with you. They will want to support you. And you also have to have the grace to sometimes, um, and the humility to sometimes say, I don't have all the answers, I need help. I can't do this on my own. It's okay sometimes to be vulnerable. Like, I can't do this on my own. I need your help, I need your support. Let's do this together. Let's collaborate. Sometimes it's even better as an outcome, as a result, when you can collaborate on some of these initiatives, because you might find out that things that you think is affecting one person might just be affecting all of us. Uh, and we just haven't thought of it because we're just stuck in our own bubble, right? You're thinking it and thinking it and just not getting out of your own head. But we're talking about it with other people. We might actually even think, oh, I think this might actually work if we try to collaborate on this together. Um, and you end up with a, an even better output or a better outcome. And I think also sometimes students don't even realize how accessible supports are or where those resources are. So when I say supports, like all of us that work at the institution, we are really accessible to students. Our role and our function is to support the institution, but the students are the bedrock of the institution. So we are really available to support you. So it's reaching out. I'm just reaching out to folks to even just run an idea by someone and then they might direct you to resources and supports that you may not even be aware of or connects you with someone who might have those resources or those networks. So I think identifying people or just looking within your faculty or even just talking to folks um, is always a good first step as well, because even formulating ideas, I think the more you brainstorm with folks, you might even be able to formulate your idea even better than when you first thought about it. So I think leveraging the resources that you have is also critical and really uh, reaching out to potential staff, faculty members, community members. I think we also usually forget that we're part of a greater community. We're not just at Mac in our Mac, but we're part of the Hamilton community. And beyond that, the Canadian and global community, you know, so I think we forget how vast our pool of resources can be sometimes, but it starts with that first step of reaching out or just even saying, you know what, I'm going to do this because it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that's going to bring about social change, social justice, and I'm not giving up. And I think anything that drives you and you feel so strongly about it's something you have to do because if not it just bugs you like I I get so restless if there's something I want to do I'm like I, you just can't get it out of your head so I'm like okay I'm just gonna do this because it's just not going away you know so yeah
Continuing to focus on organizational but also systems change, Carol Saab and Catherine McKenna provide their advice. I would say uh, really, and it stems from an inclusion perspective, but to, to deeply engage the community then in your work, um, to immerse in, in what's happening at a community level and bring in those voices and those talents into your work. You know, I, I came to FCM from federal politics and I came to federal politics really from an in, a background in, in community building and, and an interest in community building and then reaching a frustration with sort of saying, oh, like we need a more enabling policy context for all this amazing community building work to have. But I just see time and time again, when we engage local voices and community builders that are, are doing frontline work, it is more effective and the outcomes are better. And so to really find ways to, to in, engage deeply and profile and raise the voices of, of the folks doing work. And if that's you in your community to, to keep driving and building those networks and, and connections that to be able to amp up your own work and to just go for it. You know, something like climate change feels like such a massive problem. And there is this, you know, what can one person, what can one person do? But certainly I have such a privilege in my role of being able to see how small actions across the country really build a movement and really build change. And I think that starting wherever you are, whatever the, the size of your program um, or initiative or our campaign is the right place to start and is going to make a difference. So just to go for it, regardless of how daunting the challenge might be just get involved like I think you can always look for the perfect opportunity or or be shy or you know not be innovative like you know in your community you can make a huge difference and I got to this position I didn't know I would have one day get into politics be minister of environment and climate change but I really cared about making change and I feel like the different things that I worked on whether it was a political campaigns or I, I was on the you know, involved with the Elizabeth Fry Society, which works with women in conflict with the law or with organizations that engage young people. I started my own charity. All those things actually gave me the necessary skills to be able to, you know, contribute in bigger ways later on. But it also just matters. And I think you can be focused, like you can think the problems of the world are too big and it doesn't matter what I do in my community. That is like absolutely the wrong way to approach things. Everything is local and the changes you make, make a big difference. I think it makes you feel better about yourself. And certainly I think it's been a hard time for everyone through the pandemic, but uh, I think getting involved and uh, get outside of your comfort zone and build things, create things. You know, school's great, but also practical experience. I mean, I know you're good at in school to an extent, but I think practical experience can't be re replicated. And I also really believe in giving back. I think that I felt I was very fortunate. Grew up in Hamilton, you know, I, I went to good schools and I just think not everyone has the same opportunities, including in Canada. So it's just a good thing to do. But I think it's the only way we'll tackle climate change. Because as I say, it's not just about the, the big, big things. It's about changing minds and attitudes. Because when you do that, then you can tackle the biggest things because people will support you in politics to do them. Um, so just do it. Get involved. Building on Catherine's advice about the importance of changing minds and attitudes, our next pieces of advice come from Hiba Abdullah and Jordan Carrier. 
I would say to never let anyone tell you that it's not possible. And I know that might sound cliche and, you know, oh, everyone says that or whatever, but it's because it's true. <laughs> I think it's really about perspective and attitude. And so if you go into something thinking like, oh, I don't know if this, we're actually going to change anything, then you're not gonna. But if you go in saying like, you know, we're going to do something and there's no small or like large, you know, result, it doesn't matter what it is, changes change. So just never let anyone tell you that you can't do something. You can. And, um, and the other thing is, is always seek out others. You know, I, I don't have all the answers ever. And to, to assume that I do is, is completely ridiculous. Um, and there's strength in collaboration when you work with others, when you, when you make space for, for people and their ideas, in my experience, great things have always happened. So don't let anyone say no to you and always seek out collaboration. Uh, do it. That's, whether it's showing up at events, reaching out to some of the folks that are already doing this work and, and asking how to get involved. Honestly, from my own perspective, like on, I work full time, I go to school, I'm a mom, like sometimes, and then crap happens in this world and we need to, you know, mobilize community to respond to it and time is limited. So we need all hands on deck. So if you are interested and you're like, how do I get involved, reach out. And, and that, I think that goes for a lot of community organizers. Like we're super engaged in community. So we're often very busy. So reach out, find out how to, how to get involved, learn how, how begin learning the ropes, get mentored, whatever it is, um, keep doing it and keep learning. I, you know, I, I come from an indigenous perspective. I know indigenous community, that's my sort of, I guess, area of expertise, but there's lots of things that I don't know even about my allied communities that I work with that experience you know, similar points of oppression and systemic racism and this and that. So I continue to show up and, and learn. It's Black History Month. I know that there's a, a lot of my Black colleagues that are going to be doing things. I'm going to try to show up to those events and continue learning myself so that I can continue to show up to, for them, continue supporting the work that the Black community is doing as well. And Muslim communities, like so on and so forth, like that continued reciprocity. You know, when I'm down and out and need help organizing events, these are the folks that are showing up to help carry me and lift me through. So when their community is going through it, I can show up and do some of that heavy lifting for them and we can continue to work in solidarity with each other. So my advice for students, do it, just get involved and do it. As we near the end of this episode, Mumala Kukuk provides a final piece of advice to students seeking to make change at an individual level. It's hard. Don't listen to adults. They don't even know what they're doing most of the time anyways do whatever you gotta do do whatever makes you feel happy for real like i can't stress that enough if you love waking up every day and singing in the shower then you better wake up every day and sing your heart out in the shower if you love gardening if you love cooking then do that to the fullest i can't explain just if you enjoy something fill it fill it fill it fill it love it love it love it and just be more in it be more because if, if you lose that, and I've lost that, I've been in places where I don't enjoy, quote unquote, 
just day-to-day -day life stuff where my mental health has been complete gutter complete crap and i don't want to deal with it but if i just get up and sing in the shower and enjoy myself if i just get up and cook that meal and feed myself and okay i'm providing that nourishment if i just get up and interact with another human being like that's great we're in really weird hard times right now and whatever you got to do who cares who cares i don't care and you can find your support in whatever way shape form that you need it like it doesn't matter if your parents don't want you wearing makeup and you want to do that i will be your gay auntie <laughs> like you have people here all the time like there are people in your life and people that you can find in your life that will love you regardless like and you don't even have to like be you know gay or trans or like if you're just not feeling it in you and who you are then go find it go find that calmness that happiness that we all so latch on to our families and our histories and that's beautiful that can be great that can make us who we are but we can also have the complete power to completely make ourselves whoever we want and you can completely have that ability to sit down and say hey i don't like this <laughs> i don't want to do this what do i want to do what do i like and that's what i did i said i hey i don't like politics it's destroying me i'm good at it people want me to stay in it that doesn't mean i'm happy that's fine so i just go and figure out what i need to do next and how i need to handle it and we all have the ability to do that we all have the ability to be whoever we want whoever we need whoever we see whoever like stop sitting around and waiting on whoever to come through and be that support make yourself that support make yourself that that awesome person like opinions don't matter they really don't at the end of the day if you're going to bed and you feel freaked out you feel overwhelmed you then you got to change that and take a couple breaths and just okay so what do i got to do to make my life the way i want it the way i want to see it the way i want to interact with it like everything boo boo from the way when you open your eyes to when you go to bed at night, what do you want to see in your life? And you completely have the ability to do and change and make that. Um, and I, I hope more and more people truly see that. Like we feel so constricted in our current setting. We don't need to. There's always been ways to work around things. There's always been ways to figure out things and connect. And I just hope that people in general find those kinds of things. I really hope that young people get out of the trend, <laughs> get out of the social media, come back to real life stuff, come back to being on the ground and, and let's volunteer a little bit more and help out non for profs and all that. We just need to have people feel more empowered by themselves and feel more in themselves. But that's totally on you. <laughs> I can't tell you to do or interact with anyone. I can't tell you how to, like, I know what I've got to do. You know what you got to do. If we want to expand our uncomfort level, you know what you got to do. I can't tell you how to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I can tell you how I can be. But like treat others how they want to be treated, not how you want to be treated. That's the biggest mistake you can make in life. Treat people how they want to interact, how they want to move forward, how they want to be.
it's not about you. Stop being so selfish. Dang. <laughs> so I think it, you know, be totally selfish and be totally selfless would be my two things. As we conclude this episode, don't forget to check out some of the songs, books, articles, artwork, and other resources recommended by podcast guests as resources that either inspired them personally or that they would recommend to inspire others. These resources are included in the Changemaking Toolkit document in the description of this episode. Join us next time for episode 15 of this series, where we will hear reflections from students and community partners involved in the Art of Change course. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Art of Change. For more information about this podcast or the Art of Change course, please visit community.mcmaster.ca.